Hi, I'm Tristan Miller, and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality between mental health and the arts. Today on the program, we have comedian, podcaster, and writer Chris Gersbeck talking about his experience with depression. Here he is talking about identity and depression. But yeah, um, that makes sense. But like on on a personal level, mm-hmm. where you like, I am and always will be depressed. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still kind of feel that way. But really? Like, I've also recently, like, someone said to me, like, your thoughts are not who you are. Yeah. And like, once I like really like thought about that and like really, you know was like considering like oh yeah like this is like a separate like this you know the the voice in my head telling me that i'm a piece of shit and Mm -hmm. like i don't deserve anything good in my life like that's not me that's just like those are my thoughts you can support this program and others like it through patreon.com you can go to patreon.com slash tristan j miller and receive early access to this, as well as two other programs, along with exclusive bonus episodes and other great content. Um, If you're in the Hartford, Connecticut area on November the 10th, I'm going to be performing my one-man comedy show about bipolar disorder called Manic Impressive at the CT Improv Theater at 7 p.m. All right, let's get to the interview. You're from New York, right? Yeah, I grew up in Queens. What? Little Neck, Queens. What? Where's that? It's like as far out east you can get before hitting Long Island, but it's still <laughs> okay. technically Queens. Like it's right on the border. Uh huh. So it's you know, whenever I tell people I grew up in Queens, and then they ask where, and I say Little Neck, they're like, "Oh, isn't that Long Island?" <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because Great Neck is right next to it. So and that is Long okay. Island. So people just kind of confuse the two. That's fun. But, yeah. Great Neck and Little Neck. Um, but yeah, I lived. Uh, only time I didn't live in Queens was when I went to college. And where was that? SUNY Plattsburgh. Where's up, upstate New York? It's like okay, half hour from the Canadian border. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've always far. been in the state, though. Then. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. you're a New Yorker through and through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how does how was that growing up though? Like, um, I hated it growing up just because mm-hmm. it was so far from New York City, and like yeah. as a teenager, I loved going to manhattan and just like hang out in the village and stuff mm-hmm. and like the only way to get to the city was through the long island railroad which oh, was like even that was like a half hour public bus ride to get to mm-hmm. so um but now like every time i've gone back to little next sense i'm like this is actually a pretty nice area like to grow up in so i'm like, glad i grew up there but um but it was really really boring you you're a stand-up uh when did you mm-hmm. start doing that uh, like five years ago. Yeah. Um, but I actually haven't done stand up in like a year and a half now. No. Do you <laughs> consider yourself retired or <laughs> no? I just, just um hanging out. <laughs> I was just like producing so much. Yeah. Like I, I still do. I still produce four monthly shows, and you know, one of those is a stand up showcase. So mm-hmm. like I'm still like involved in that in the world, but um. I was just like producing so much and then working at QED every night. So it was like mm-hmm. hard for me to like take nights off to do stand up in other places. And then I don't know, I just kind of want to take a break and, you sure. know, doing three open mics a night for a while like really takes a toll. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <you>. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of, I still, 
like every now and then like i i mean i still like keep a notepad and like write stuff in mm-hmm. it but like i just have not gone on stage in a while mm-hmm. so. well, why'd you start doing stand-up why um yeah. qed had like opened about f- yeah so they're, they're celebrating their five-year anniversary yeah. in a couple weeks um and qed is this comedy club in, in astoria, astoria yeah. yeah so i was living in astoria at the time and uh, I lived in Astoria for a while since 2005 mm-hmm. and um, there was just like nothing to do in Astoria for the longest time unless you wanted to go to like the beer garden that was like mm-hmm. the only only thing and uh, so then QED opened like five years ago and then um, they had a stand-up class there like that December I think or okay. no that following January so I was like hanging out there for a little bit then my wife got me the stand-up class for my birthday. Oh. Um, and it's taught by Carol Montgomery. Do you know who she is? I she's? don't. She's like, uh, she's been around, she's been doing stand-up for like 30 years or something. Um, but she was teaching it. And uh, so I took that class and then just kind of like from there, just like started doing open mics like every night. Cool. And um, yeah, and then just from there, like, I don't know, I never planned on doing stand-up like that was never like i always loved like comedy and like writing and stuff like um like the onion was like such Mm -hmm. a huge deal to me like when i was (laughs) in high school and college uh like just like that kind of like like that simpsons sort of like satire satirical like um sort of like just criticizing dana gould adjacent yeah 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 Yeah. anything like that like i just thought was just so like i just wanted to be a part of that and then um and then you know started doing stand-up and you're like oh this is this is like fun like making oh, people yeah. laugh is like it's such like a rush yeah it feels <laughs> good yeah yeah uh, how and long have you been married um we just celebrated five years well, in congrats. june thank you yeah, yeah. we've so, been together for a long time though so yeah feels like longer yeah. <laughs> that's great though yeah um, so you've been doing stand-up as long as you've been married pretty much yeah 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 and that like yeah i think about that sometimes how like pretty much my entire married life i've been involved in the comedy world Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like so like i can like look at my life like you know my pre-marriage life post-marriage life but also just like -like, pre-comedy post-comedy and uh and just definitely presented some challenges in our relationship and stuff but just like late nights and stuff like that yeah late nights and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, you know, our, for a long time, our schedules are, like, completely different. Yeah. Which is another reason why I needed to, like, take a break from stand-up, because it was, like, the only nights that I wasn't working, mm. I was, like, also going out and doing shows and stuff, and then it's like, oh, I'm seeing my wife once a week, I need yeah. to <laughs> change something, so. Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of stand-ups would be afraid to do that, mm-hmm. like, because there's a lot of pressure to keep going, going, going. Yeah. Do you feel that? Yeah, I mean, there's always, like, the, like, I'm sure you know, like, the stand-ups that are just, like, you see them at every single open mic, they're doing, like, five, and they're, like, yeah. the ones who are, like, you hear them loudly talking about, oh, if, if you're not doing, like, four or five mics a night, then you're not taking it seriously, <laughs> and, just... you know, there's that side of it, but then I also see, I see, like, you know, comics who are more successful, and, but they're doing like their own thing and they're not necessarily doing five shows a night but Mm -hmm. they're doing five podcasts you know a week or something yeah yeah (laughs) and that's it's like a totally it's like 
oh, this person's still like super dedicated to comedy. They're just not forcing themselves to do open mics every night. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Which I would argue is the worst part of comedy, yeah. is doing open mics. Oh, yeah. By so, far. Like, I mean, you have to do them, but it's also like, I think if you're like a few years in and you're only doing them because you feel like someone else is like pressuring, like you're yeah. not taking it seriously unless you're doing four a night don't, or five a night. And, don't let yourself peer pressure yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, like, now I'm just like, oh, yeah, you can, like, you can totally still do comedy and just not do stand-up every night. <laughs> and yeah. It's like, there's so many different ways you can approach it, so. Yeah. Um, and you said you love writing. What do you write, and how'd you get into that? Um, I started writing sketches, like, Kids in the Hall. Uh-huh. In, like, you know, junior high and high school. Like, I watched Kids mm-hmm. in the Hall, and then, like, of course, SNL and uh, SCTV, like, Monty Python, like really like absurd sketch comedy. Like I loved writing sketches, and um, also like just like screenplays, like in general. Like my brother and I wrote a horror movie when we were teenagers. <laughs> Had my whole family like star in it. That's and, very uh, fun. Yeah, so I've always been like interest. Like never, you know. Whenever I saw like stand up, and like mm-hmm. I was always like a huge fan of stand up, like growing up, but. I always thought to him, I was like, oh, I can, like, write this stuff, but, like, I could never see myself getting on stage and actually performing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I focus way more just on, like, sketch writing and stuff. But then again, like, I never did anything with it. Like, I would write all <laughs> these things and then just never... I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be fun if I could, like, form a sketch group and then just never realize, like, oh, you can just, like... I mean, I'm sure the internet made it a lot easier for people connect to connect that way, but, like... I never thought, like, oh, I should start, like, looking for other people that want to write comedy <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and now you produce a bunch of, like, shows and podcasts. How do mm-hmm. you get involved with that? Um, with the shows, it was just, I think, my first birthday. It was, like, five months into stand-up. Um, <laughs> so not, not my first, first birthday. Not my first birthday. <laughs> my, the first birthday, like, after I started doing stand-up. <laughs> yeah um there will be a baby who's one year like who starts doing stand-up i'm sure of it baby Um, open mic new class (laughs) um i put on a birthday show Mm -hmm. like that so like i was like five months into stand-up and my birthday game i was like oh i'll do a birthday show and like packed out the place wow and i was like oh I packed out the place. I can just I can do this every month and keep packing out the place. <laughs> and then you know, it's a very lucky. <laughs> after a couple months, it's like, oh yeah, you have to really put in a lot of work to get people out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just got like addicted to like. I mean, I've always been like into like organizing things and like producing stuff. So like, it kind of came natural to me. And then with podcasts, I you know I went to school for. Uh, communication so I had like a lot of background in radio and and uh, just like you know not like a heavy duty audio engineer or anything but like enough. um yeah enough that like I knew like to how to set up the microphones and why yeah. you should have a pop filter and all that <laughs> yeah, stuff sure. and um why you should record on an iPhone <laughs> right yeah so you know just like podcasting became like much easier to do like mm-hmm. good quality podcasting um my buddy Colin and I, like, four years ago, just did, a, like, 30 episodes of a podcast, and then, um, really, it was, like, QE, Cambry crews at QED mm-hmm. wanted to build a podcast studio in the basement, 
mm-hmm. and she asked me for like my advice on like setting it up and stuff and so I helped her like order the equipment and build that studio from scratch basically um and you know from there then it's just like oh now I have access to like this amazing little studio so now I can like really take podcasting seriously mm-hmm. started running more and more tech for other people's podcasts and then um about a year and a half ago Dave Hill who's a comedian here in New York City um uh you know I just kept like booked him a lot on shows kept running into him in shows and then um he was doing his radio show on wfmu uh just like this uh listener supported station out in jersey city and mm-hmm. it's all volunteer based so like basically they all their djs are just like volunteering their time yeah and it's like he was doing this three hour long radio show once a week wow in, in jersey city so like it was basically killing him and he was telling <laughs> me about this and yeah. i was like I was like, you ever think about just like doing it as a podcast in your home? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, could you do that? And I'm like, well, yeah. I was like, I have equipment. I can just come over and bring it over. And then from there, it was like, he realized like, oh, this is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And he was also, he was writing his, his uh, new book. And so yeah. he like needed time off. So it was like much easier for him to do um, a podcast in his living room than a radio station, than the yeah. radio show. So like from there just kind of like exponentially grew so now we're doing three weekly podcasts together wow and then um yeah and then you know just like my background in publicity with qed because i was doing a lot of pr stuff for them Mm -hmm. Uh, i was like their in-house publicist and social media guy um from like i just kind of used my skills from there to promote dave's new podcast and then i was like oh i can do this for other people mm-hmm. and so like that just kind of like snowballed into me being like involved in podcast production like pr and other other comedy type stuff full-time yeah um it seems like you once you get a hold of something you really you really dig in has yeah. that always been the case? Yeah, I feel like a lot of times, like when I get into something, like I really get it. Like I, that's yeah, like that's a very accurate observation. <laughs> but um, but it's like I just, I think I just get like passionate about things yeah. like pretty easily. And um, do you think it's obsessive? Sometimes I do, and sometimes I worry like, oh, I'm only going to be into this for, like, a few years, and I'm going to move on to the next thing. Sure. <laughs> Which, you know, to be fair, I have done quite a bit. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, like, stressful and kind of depressing, just, you know, being involved in comedy can be sometimes sure. with just, like, you know, how competitive it is, and mm-hmm. you you see other people get things, and you're like, oh, why did that person get that, and I mm-hmm. didn't, or, like, why is this person getting so much attention just because they announced an album recording where, like, mm-hmm. I announced this, like, bigger thing? It's, like, this whole, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it wears on you. And it, it's yeah. hard because no, and I think this is difficult in general with, like, entertainment. Like, there's no one path. Yeah. And so when you see someone else get something, they're like, oh, if I had gotten that, maybe it'd be different. But totally. also, like, you have to recognize that, like that's not what you're doing and that doesn't mean you're not going to be successful right you know right right um totally yeah 
Does that negatively, like, how passionate and kind of obsessed you get, does that negatively affect, like, relationships and your own mental Yeah, health? definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, a year ago, it's coming up, like, on a year. Because I remember mm-hmm. it was election day last year. It was, like, the yeah. midterms. Um, or, like, just before election day, like, had, like, the worst like battle with depression and suicidal thoughts i'd ever had yeah and that was like sort of like a culmination of like i'm just like pushing myself too hard and like Mm -hmm. doing too much and then also just yeah i mean a lot of it was just like you know dave hill and i had launched this podcast and then I was like, oh, we're going to do this Patreon. It's going to be, like, hugely successful. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, you really have to, like, it's, you know. You have to work so hard on that. Yeah. It's, like, as easy as, you know, it's become to do things like this. Like, you know, people can make a movie with their phone and they can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, start a radio station in their bedroom and stuff. But, like, the people that are really successful, it's like, yeah, but they also, like, worked really hard. It's not, like, an overnight thing. And, like... I think that was the first time I experienced like that was like kind of like a slow it's like yeah you're not gonna just get this overnight and mm-hmm. then it kind of like um it was just like so it was like yeah it's like I put so much like thought into like oh this is gonna be like an overnight success and of course it wasn't like nothing mm-hmm. is and then uh so like just like had like a really bad like weekend of like you know, my parents had to come down. They were worried. Like, oh, wow. They like, commit me and <laughs> shit. That's yeah. rough. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So. And how did that feel? Um, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Succinct. That's I mean, like, it's so, did you watch um, Gary Goldman's yeah. special? So yeah, I yeah. just watched that last weekend. And, like, you hear so many comedians talk about, depression and suicidal Mm -hmm. thoughts and stuff and anxiety but like i don't think i'd ever heard anyone describe like i thought it was like so brilliant the way he never really went too deep into like what was making him feel these ways it was kind of just like it's like yeah i just couldn't get out of bed for three days and there was no like there's really no explanation for it yeah then oh like things can trigger you of course like you know getting your hopes up about something and then it just doesn't happen Mm -hmm. um that's like triggering but it's not necessarily like that's what causes you to want to kill yourself yeah it's like it's an illness it's a disease that like just comes out of nowhere sometimes and Mm -hmm. like you know even after going like months and months of feeling like oh yeah i feel like i'm myself again it's like i know like at any moment like it could just completely change like my medication could just like slowly wear off and like stop working (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which I think has happened before, so... Has that, uh, increased the level of anxiety you've been feeling? Um, not really. My anxiety's gotten a lot better. Um, mm. depression, like, feels like it comes and goes. But, like, anxiety, I feel like I have way more of a control over. It's like I know how to, like... I've gotten better at, like, dealing with situations head-on. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, trying to be better about like taking moments to, like breathe and stuff and like mm-hmm. um but and it's also just like you know medication definitely helps with, like, sure. <laughs> and like you know i'm sure you know as a performer it's like you know the moment before you get on stage is like the worst like yeah i've talked about this with, like other people where they're like yeah the moment before you're gonna say just like i want nothing more 
than for like someone to just like pull the fire alarm and like <laughs> and shut this place down or like someone calls it a bomb or something. It's like I never um, like that level like that kind of anxiety I don't think like goes away. But the anxiety of like oh, I said hi to that person and they didn't seem to like remember who I am and then like yeah. obsessing over that for like yeah. two hours. Like yes. that kind of anxiety is like I feel like I've gotten more of a control on that. But yeah. I, I, cause you, I feel like you can kind of talk yourself down from anxiety because like, yeah. like it's a n- kind of normal response. Like it's just an over, it's an exaggerated response to a normal thing. Whereas like with depression, you're just kind of like, uh, yeah. why is this happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you been on medication? Um, I think like seven or eight years. Yeah. Yeah. I started on Zoloft. Um, yeah, that was the first, I think that was the first antidepressant I took. And, like, that was the drug that, like, you know, it was the first time I was taking anything. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, once it felt like I was starting to kick in, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, this is how it's supposed to feel. And then, like, I was, like, I've never been good about, like, regularly taking anything. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so, like, you know, it, if you're skipping days here and there and, you know, even if it's only, like, seven days out of the month or something like that can like greatly affect <laughs> how how it's working plus i was also like i was still drinking a lot yeah well, and like not that i don't think anyone ever said like chris i think you have like a drinking problem or like maybe you should like drink less while you're taking medication but like i think that was also not that was like a really bad combo like yeah. especially since like you start doing comedy you're at bars every night oh, and it's yeah. like it's just so easy and then when i'm working at bars too it's like you get a free drink and then so then you you know drink at the end of your shift and then you stick around and you have another one yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly you're drinking like two three beers a night and with zoloft it's like really it's just a really bad combo i mean with any in what way um if i would get too drunk I would deal with the effect of the hangover like the next mm-hmm. day, but then also like just fall into like this deep spiral, like depression. Right. Like, yeah. Like, um, and like, I couldn't even pinpoint what it is. It could be like something like, Oh, I, uh, you know, my brother commented on this Facebook post and I, you know, why would he write that? And like, just like obsessing over like stupid things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, so, like, then I was, like, I wasn't really thinking, like, oh, maybe I should stop drinking for a little bit. I was thinking more, like, oh, I don't like Zoloft, which I don't. Like, I don't yeah. think, like, Zoloft, I don't think Zoloft was the right medication for me, but um, thinking, like, I don't need, like, oh, it was also, like, I'd quit my, I was working at a really miserable job, sure. uh, a corporate job, and quit that to work at QED full time so then it was like oh okay I fixed the problem like I don't have this shitty miserable job I'm working somewhere I love I can go off my medication now I don't Mm -hmm. need therapy anymore either (laughs) so did that for like seven months and then just like crashed and burned and I was like alright as you do yeah and uh, and that was the first time I was like my wife was like okay you need to like we need to get you back in therapy and back on medication mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, yeah. So then it was like, uh, but then from there on, I saw it. So I knew psychiatrist, she, 
Gamayan, Wellbutrin, mm-hmm. which has been really great for me. Um, but also, like, Wellbutrin can actually, like, trigger anxiety a little yeah. bit, too. <laughs> and so, like, so then she prescribed me a small amount of Prozac, mm-hmm. which I think at first, like, really fucked me up. And then yeah. slowly, and now it's like I just like stabilize, and like now yeah. I feel like so much better. Like the past few months have been like great. Past six months or so, I've been like great. Just like oh yeah, I feel like this is how I'm supposed to be. And mm-hmm. also like so, I gained like fifty pounds. In Zola. <laughs> That's, it was, it's always the worst thing. Is like I feel better, but I look worse. Yeah. Oh. And I, I look back at pictures in the time. I was like, okay, I think I was like doing okay then, but like I look horrible (laughs) (laughs) um what was the the lead up to trying medication for the first time um i don't know that's a good question i was in therapy for like four or five years before so you even broached the possibility of like (laughs) taking meds so you'd Um, been dealing with this for a bit then yeah yeah i think like i mean i look back on it now and it's like obvious i've had anxiety and like depression my entire life but like just didn't know that that's what it was Mm -hmm. and uh you know i remember feeling suicidal when i was like 11 or 12 yeah and then like not really i wouldn't tell any i didn't tell anybody about that wow like um but like i remember back then like feeling like well what's like i don't need to be here (laughs) like what's the point (laughs) and like you know, looking back at that now, I'm like that. If I was like 11 or 12 when I was thinking that, like that's that's that, pretty bad. Yeah, and early bloomer. The fact, yeah, the fact that like you know, and I've told my parents that, and they were like, we would have had no, like we would have had no idea. So, um, yeah, no, the lead up to like finally deciding to take medication now, like I don't know. I think it was just like a combination of being feeling really trapped. Mm-hmm. and miserable with this like office job and knowing that I wanted to do creative stuff but mm-hmm. just being so exhausted from the work day that like I just like come home and just like basically lay on the couch and stare at the ceiling yeah. and so I was doing like that for a while and then I don't know why <laughs> I was doing this cool thing where <laughs> just laid on the couch <laughs> I was doing that for a bit <laughs> but it's like like yeah like I you know you can go to th- your therapist isn't going to, like, tell you, like, or, you know, they'll encourage you to do stuff, but they're not going to, like, force you to, like, yeah, They can't know. court order you. Yeah, they can't make you go out and take a walk every day or, like, exercise yeah. more or eat better or, like, stop drinking. So it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, if I want to get better, I need to, like, actually try things. And, like, not, yeah. like, I don't think relying just on medications great either. Like, there's so many other you know things you should do to be healthy and you know mm-hmm. i never real like i don't think even to like the past couple of years i realized how important sleep was to like yeah maintaining like like a healthy mind yeah absolutely <laughs> like i remember like doctors asking me like like uh, how's like when i was tell them like i'm feeling like really depressed or suicidal and they asked me how my sleep, and I'm like, why are you, like, what does that even matter? Like, I, like, didn't realize even really, like, till the past couple of years, like, oh, if I don't get a good night's sleep every night, like, I'm, like, going to live. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to live as long as, yeah. you know, I should, so. Absolutely. And can you, like, when you're not getting enough sleep, you're also in this weird 
almost liminal space of personality and yeah. you don't remember anything and so you don't remember anything good happening and like yeah it can easily spiral yeah um did you have that thing and like i i feel like a lot of people who have mental health issues go through this the thing where you assimilate your illness into your personality you're like this is just who i am yeah <laughs> yeah um i mean i've yeah, sort of. And I think a lot of people in comedy do that for comedic effect, like very being like self-deprecating yeah. and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like it definitely, I feel like a lot of people kind of like lean into that for comedic purposes. And I do, mm-hmm. I could find that, you know, super funny sometimes. But um, I don't know. I don't, I look, you ever like, get like those facebook memories things yeah. from, like four years ago and you're like oh i kind of seem like i'm just like this is just like a cry for help <laughs> basically sure, sure, sure. and uh um but i don't like i don't like to project that like really mm-hmm. like i don't like i don't think mental illness should be um like, I don't think you should be glorifying it in any way. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, and, like, I do sometimes feel like some people do, you know, specifically with social media, which, you know, social yeah. media is not healthy for... I, th- I would say anybody. <laughs> Anyone. It was yeah. a mistake. <laughs> it really was. Um, but, yeah, um, that makes sense. But, like, on, on a personal level, mm-hmm. where you, like, I am and always will be depressed. Yeah, I mean, I still, I still kind of feel that way. But really? But, like... I've also recently, like, someone said to me, like, your thoughts are not who you are. Yeah. And, like, once I, like, really, like, thought about that and, like, really, you know, was, like, considering, like, oh, yeah, like, this is, like, a separate, like, this, you know, the the voice in my head telling me that I'm a piece of shit and, Mm -hmm. like, I don't deserve anything good in my life. Like, that's not me. That's just, like those are my thoughts and they're like two separate things and like um i don't i don't remember what the question was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think um do you identify as like a depressed person rather oh. than someone with depression man that's a good question i thank you i think um i think i identify more as someone with depression good yeah i don't think you know I know I'm probably going to spend the rest of my life, like, struggling with it, but, like, you know, I hope to one day be in a place where, like, you know, I think I'll always go to therapy, like, Mm -hmm. that's something, but, like, I don't necessarily always want to be on medication, Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, like, I don't know, like, I, I've been on meds for seven or eight years now, and it's, like, is it supposed like am I supposed to just be on meds the rest of my life sure I don't know like uh I feel like I feel like the goal is not necessarily like to rely only on medications like you, you know change your lifestyle like yeah do more spend more time with family and stuff and I mean I hear what you're saying but also like people with like with diabetes they're not like you know that's true yeah you know, or asthma they're like i always have to have this inhaler yeah this is part of who i am at a no, certain point that's a good point yeah but i understand what you're saying it's hard to kind of convince yourself of like 
I think with medication specifically, I don't think anyone starts there. Right. I think everyone has to be convinced to be, you know, to take medication. And I feel like it's, it is, it is difficult of like, I I feel the same way. It's like, am I going to have to, is this the rest of my life? Yeah. And if so, is that okay? And am I comfortable with that? Right. And that's, you know, it's hard to know that because you're not you in the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point about like, you know, there's someone who's diabetic. It's like they have, that's what they have to deal with every day. But then I don't think anyone, I, I would, I mean, I, my, my mother-in-law had diabetes her entire Mm -hmm. life and she was never someone that was like, she wouldn't let that get in the way of her like living her life. So, um, you know, when you think of it like that, it's like, oh, well I shouldn't, I shouldn't let depression, you know, control my life. Mm -hmm. And like, it's something that I have to like take control of, you know? Yeah. Rather than let the depression like control me. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, has it gotten in the way of being creative? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that was another thing in Gary Goldman's special that I loved hearing him talk about how like, because like when I'm depressed, like I don't find anything enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like writing, and that was like I think that was when it was a moment where I realized like I should probably try meds. It was like I went like a solid week of like you know reading stuff or watching stuff or listening to stuff that like I knew was funny, but like could not see like it was like my brain was breaking it down like this is not funny because of this 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 or like just saying like no like this isn't you shouldn't enjoy this this is just like like in like the weirdest link like i would check out like Clickhole, which is like a website that yeah i would always go to and like laugh my ass off <laughs> yeah and i'd read it and i was like yeah it's not that good Whatever. yeah and then it's like i don't feel creative at all when i'm depressed like i just i want to do like i said like just like laying the couch and stare at the ceiling and like you know i've heard so many people say like i don't want to go on antidepressants because it's gonna ruin my creativity yeah. and it's like okay like you know <laughs> are like, you creative now yeah like um you know my my brother has struggled with his depression his entire life but he just doesn't want to go on any medication because he's a writer and he's afraid it's going to make him not want to write mm-hmm. and i i'm always telling him it's like you know, I'm never going to say, like, you should go on medication yeah, <laughs> or yeah. you should start going to therapy or anything. But, like, I tell him, like, personally, it was like, I can't write anything when I'm depressed. Like, I don't, yeah. the thoughts, the creative thoughts just don't come to me. Like, I'm not inspired by anything. Mm-hmm. No. Um, see, I mean, it was, it was great to hear Gary Goleman talk about that so much. Because mm-hmm. I was like, yes, that's exactly, like, how I feel. Like, I can't write when I'm depressed. Like, I'm not. Huh. myself so specifically yeah. coming from him who you know he's pretty prolific and yeah. he's a very good writer yeah out of amazing writer yeah you know, out of all the things that he's good at he's the best at writing yeah um do you think you were like this is be a very blunt question do you think you're running from something doing all this stuff <laughs> do you think you're trying to escape maybe i mean you mean like just like doing so much? Yeah, like producing and comedy yeah. and, writing and occupying yourself and seeing, you know, to there's, the point where you're seeing your wife one time. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that. Because um, I've always been someone like, oh, I'll just bury myself in my work to like, yeah. ignore my problems. Um, but it's also like, you know, at this point, 
it's like how I make a living, so yeah, I kind of can't <laughs> slow down. Yeah, it's <laughs> freelancing stuff. Yeah, it's like oh, if I if I um, like you can't like you just your reputation is everything. Like you can't like let things slip through the cracks, and it, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, to put on myself and stuff. But um, do you think you're addicted to work? A little bit, yeah. I've been better about like scheduling like quiet hours where like I just mm-hmm. log off of everything, like put my phone in your room. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I do a lot of like, you know, because I don't have to wake up early. So it's mm-hmm. like my wife does. So sometimes like she'll go to bed at like eleven, mm-hmm. and I'll stay up for three hours. But like in those three hours, like I'll have like the most creative like outbursts and like design a bunch of posters and like you know just get a ton of editing work done or whatever mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like yeah i don't know it's so that does sort of feel like it's addictive in a way and like oh i had this like quiet time now is like the time to like work and like do as much as i can <laughs> but sure. i do have to like pull myself away and I just, I finally, like, after, like, 10 years, upgraded my laptop. And, like, now I'm actually able to, like, do work, like, anywhere. Yeah. Which I think, you know, it's great on a productive level, but, like... <laughs> it's dangerous. It's dangerous. <laughs> the fact like- that, like, I can now edit a podcast on the subway when I just couldn't do that before, it's, like, kind of, it's dangerous. So. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. fully understand that. Like, anytime I have downtime, I try to feel all with work as much as I can. And I'm like, yeah. you gotta just give yourself... Yeah time to not think about anything yeah video games are great for that. that's what i've been i've been doing too and like that's you know, the best way to get me off my phone and like you know putting on a movie is one thing mm-hmm. but like you can very easily get distracted from that but. yeah whereas like if someone's coming at you in overwatch or whatever yeah you, know, you gotta respond <laughs> that was another thing i was gonna ask like how do you cope so you answer that um, yeah video games i don't know my i have a four-year-old niece and a 18 month old nephew and yeah. like um they just moved pretty close to us yeah. so like we're within like a 15 minute walk of each other well, that's wonderful like, so like that's like every weekend try to like see them like that oh. helps tremendously and uh yeah i mean my, my wife and i we don't want to have kids like we love kids but we just you know we agreed a while ago like it was just not for us and mm-hmm. so like seeing these kids grow up you know that's been like i feel like that's been like one of the more positive like yeah (laughs) you know you know getting married obviously was amazing and uh you know all the you know the like career advancements that i feel like i've made like the past five years or so like i'm like finally feel like i'm working towards you know doing what i love to do as Mm -hmm. a job um but then just like you know connecting to like little like watching little kids like become humans like yeah has just been like such like a positive yeah. thing on me yeah <laughs> and like just you know especially my niece because she's like f- she just turned four and she's starting to like do and say things that are like triggering memories from when i was that age mm-hmm. and being like like oh yeah so like 
this memory that I've always had, like I was her age and mm-hmm. I'm seeing this like firsthand. It's kind of like a weird like it's trippy time travel yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I work at a preschool, so I understand. Oh, it nice. Yeah, entirely. It's really interesting seeing personalities develop. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. How does your wife handle it when you're? Um, I mean, she's. I can ask her if she minds if I say this, but she yeah. also, you know, has depression and, mm-hmm. you know, takes medication and stuff. Um, she hasn't had any, like, suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, nothing that was, like, super serious where it's like, oh, we need to, like, call someone and, like, get yeah. help or anything. But, um, but she, you know, she's always been so supportive of, like, my struggle and, she's you know she's always the first person like like did you you know talk to your therapist about this <laughs> or like um you know are you going to be okay if you're home by yourself uh for the day and mm-hmm. um she's the one who's like always making like making me like get out like if it were up to me i would just stay in my apartment for five days in a row mm-hmm. until i had to leave for something and like she's the one that's like oh she's like we need to go for a walk you need to get out like mm-hmm. we can't keep watching uh uh the sopranos or whatever yeah. <laughs> and like um you see he's going to therapy yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i mean she's she's just like so just like so supportive of like everything i do that it's like it's great to have like i really don't if it weren't for her, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I would just be spiraling, like, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Good. I feel bad sometimes that I have to put her through some of the stuff. But then it's also like, well, you know, that's why we got married. It's like to take care of each other. And, yeah. you know, when she's had her problems, I, you know, been there for her. And it's just, you know, yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, like... What would your biggest point of advice be for someone who's gone through similar things? Um, I mean, I think every single person should be required to do therapy. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't force people to do it either, so. Uh, but, um... <laughs> mandatory therapy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say if you can I mean, it's also like not everyone can afford it either. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... Yeah, I start thinking about all that stuff and just like how this country deals with, you know, health, physical health yeah. and mental health. It's just like it's not good. Uh, yeah. Um, but I really do think like if you can't see a therapist, like there's other people you can reach out to, especially you know comedians. It's like I've never met more <laughs> more mm-hmm. people who I can relate with. Mm-hmm. like a group of people that like oh like if i'm in this open mic and there's 25 people here like chances are like 25 20, high of them. yeah <laughs> it's like, yeah it's like uh you know i think that's why a lot of people start doing comedy because it is something that makes them feel good yeah it also make you feel like complete shit but <laughs> yeah depending um, on how it goes yeah yeah um i don't know i i just think like talking about it with someone is like just so important and you know reaching out to someone like i I have posted in the past like 
um, if you really feel like you can't talk to anyone, it's like just message me. It's like it doesn't matter if we don't, mm-hmm. we're not close friends. It's like I can I can relate to you mm-hmm. and I can you know talk you through stuff and um, so yeah, that's my advice. Just yeah. DM me. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, like talking. Like I think you know a lot of people are just like scared to talk about stuff. Yeah, and I I get that. You know, I didn't start going to therapy till I was like twenty eight. Mm-hmm. No, 20, 26, 27. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, I know plenty of people have been in therapy since they were teenagers or kids. And, you know, it's, uh, I understand why it's scary, but um, it's also just like, like, that's like the only, like, thing that I feel like, you know, medication will maybe stop working or, like, I'll have to switch medication or whatever. But, like, um, just talking one-on-one with someone who has like an outside perspective on things Mm -hmm. like has just like helped me out so much yeah so yeah because i feel like your all your objectivity goes away when you're depressed you're like this is it this is the only thing i'm feeling yeah totally that everyone's like do you remember like even last week you were fine and Mm -hmm. i was like no i didn't yeah thanks yeah um i also think you know, drugs and alcohol are like things to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, alcohol. It's you know, I don't, I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I haven't drank in a year and a half. Oh, nice. Um, once I switched to Wellbutrin, like they, my my psychiatrist was like, "You really shouldn't." She's like, "Every now and then is fine, but like if uh. you can stand it, like stop drinking." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was easy enough for me to just. To, to not drink I feel that's like that has made my health improve like so much yeah so. that was I, I've, I've been sober for three years and mm-hmm. like when I first stopped people were like how, why why how yeah and I was like number one I dropped so much weight yeah <laughs> number two I saved so much money oh my god number three yeah I feel so much better about myself yeah yeah which is nice um Craig Ferguson when he's talking about going to rehab he was like when you drop drinking, it's great because you lose weight and you start feeling more energized. But when you quit yeah. smoking, yeah, you gain weight, <laughs> you get agitated. No one wants to be around you. Yeah. That one's hard. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I used to smoke cigarettes and mm-hmm. that was way harder. Than, yeah. Uh, you know, quitting drinking was just like, oh, I just need to like drink seltzer. Like, it was. Yeah. You it's know, a pretty easy replacement. Luckily, yeah. Luckily, I was. It wasn't that hard for me to to not. And then I was just like, oh, well, I've gone a year. I should just like, why, why start drinking again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is the um, thing. Once you get fat past like even the first six months, you're just like, oh, I can just do this. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say this as well. Like, it changed my entire mindset of like, well, if I can just stop drinking, I can just do other things. I right. can start exercising. Like, yeah, regularly. yeah. You get a real sense of empowerment. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also realize, like, so you're three years sober, like, I'm sure you still realize, like, how people act when they're drunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that never, I feel like since I've stopped drinking, it's like, anytime I'm around, I'm like, wait, like, this is really, like, this is what it's... And this was, is acceptable? Yeah, it's, yeah. it does change, I mean, you know, I have plenty of friends who don't drink now, but, um... You know, a lot of my friends who I met, you know, I met my wife in a bar. And, yeah. like, a lot of our friends, like, that's how we, we all just met each other by mm-hmm. going out to bars or going out to shows and stuff. And, 
um, you know, a lot of those friends I'm, you know, still in touch with, still very close with, but, like, you start to realize, like, oh, all these gatherings are really just, like, excuses to get really drunk. And yeah. That's not, like, that isn't fun for me anymore. And it's also, like, the money thing, like, if well, you go sure. to a bar in New York City, like, you're spending at least, what, like, if you're there for a night, at least, like, 25. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I want to thank you for uh, doing this. It was a good chat. Thank you, man. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. Ride.